Hello, I'm Mark Makoviak, and this is the Focal Collective Podcast. For this first episode, Drew Fogman and myself just talk some what I would describe as photography gossip. Just starting out, we didn't get anything too serious. We just wanted to work out the kinks and get comfortable talking in the microphones before we start getting into some more intense interviews and discussions and bringing more people into this. And honestly, for this one, we had to cut probably the first 20 minutes we recorded because we couldn't quite figure out how to begin. I think it's going to be smooth sailing from here. And in a couple of days, we're going to do another episode with Mike Lindell joining in. He's the third person behind Focal Collective. But for today, let's get started. So I've just been going on and on about these A-Rod and J-Lo engagement photos for the past two days. Yeah, I don't know if you know any of you guys have seen this, but it's pretty ridiculous. You know, two of the biggest celebrities in the world have the cringiest engagement photos of all time. You know, I, I don't know who or what they hired to take those pictures because they. I, um, I can't remember where I first saw it. Where, I what I think I sent it to you on Instagram first, didn't I, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's where I saw it. I think I saw it first on Complex. Um, they posted it there and you know when you look at these photos if you guys haven't seen these photos you you have to check them out online because it's it's pretty ridiculous you know they're grainy they're blurry there's color shifting it's you know he's got the halo effect from the terrible lightroom brushing how would you describe it (laughs) all right so i've been thinking about this a lot today because you know i have Lots of free time to think about dumb stuff. And I have two theories. It must have been. A, it could, it, there's no way an actual photographer took these photos. I just can't believe it. It might have been a family member. And maybe they just were like, oh, yeah, we'll use it. They may not want to. Maybe they're just being nice. It's either that or A-Rod is boiled his brain with all the years of steroid use. Because <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, she, she looked kind of normal in them, but I mean, this is her like what, like third or fourth engagement. She's probably used well, to it by now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. She might not even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. She's like, huh? All right, <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> but I mean, that blur on A Rod's face—it looked like one of these Snapchat filters that all these women are using now, like. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the uh, face. what's it called? Uh, Facetune. Facetune. Is that but, what it is? I call it scroll yeah. face because <laughs> they look like giant cartoon scrolls half the time. <laughs> yeah, you got to make the eyes huge. But oh. yeah, I mean, when I was looking at those pictures, I for sure was thinking it was a cell phone or something because, you know, it kind of has that iPhone grainy not crisp look like it didn't look like the grain of a DSLR of any sorts when I saw it because the quality was just so so bad like I I kind of agree with your theories where you know it may have just been a a family member even someone just walking along the beach and just stumbled upon them and snapped because because that's definitely happened to me in DC when I've been like walking around the monuments um I have a, I definitely have a couple of random engagement photos of people proposing on the National Mall here. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. You know, like I feel like an actual wedding photographer in the A Rod's photo, all you could really see was his World Series ring. <laughs> the the Yeah, there's there's no way that was an actual wait, photographer. Wait, he the was mo- wearing his his World Series ring in those photos? I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, you probably thought it was her ring. It was, no, it was his World Series ring. In the photo he posted, I'm ninety percent. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Like, oh man! Like, I mean, I know you've shot weddings before. Yeah, those the, weddings are weddings are something else. I mean, but there's yeah, no way just, anyone that had shot a wedding before, or engagement photos, or anything for that matter, there's no way they would have taken that picture, is there? Well, and, and the thing too is, I've seen um, a Rod recently has. Uh, joined youtube i think he started posting vlogs or something on youtube because he's trying to copy uh will smith i think will smith was started vlogging too like a lot of the a-list celebrities are starting to get on it but a-rod i think has a videographer following him around so that's another theory because 
maybe, you know, it was part of his vlogging for YouTube and then the videographer who knows nothing about photography, you know, snapped it. I don't, I don't know. It's so oh, a mystery to me. He must be trying to keep his name out there because he was on Shark Tank a couple weeks ago. I saw that. What was he pitching? No, no, no. He was one of the sharks. Oh, okay. Got it. And so it's kind of seemed like they probably gave him a few lines, like ask this question and people won't think you're stupid. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe he's a brilliant guy, but yeah, nothing in the past 20 years of his career has made me think that. Yeah. I mean, it's just when I've shot weddings, like I've definitely run into some scenarios when I was first starting out where, you know, and I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this, but you know, you just, you get into those super dark, awkward lighting spaces where, you know, there's no light coming in and they want these, you know, super fast photos. But, you know, as, as it gets darker in there, your shutter's got to raise, you, you know, you got to crank the ISO a little bit um, and it just gets super grainy. But I've never, ever had anything close to that, nor would I ever <laughs> deliver anything like that. No, like... <sighs> It doesn't really surprise me him posting that photo, but Jennifer Lopez posted the same photos. Yeah. Like, I know she has better taste than that. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the, I mean, she's very me A-Rod, yeah. so maybe not. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I'm sensing some, some Yankee hatred over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've definitely been against A-Rod for a long time. So there might <laughs> just be. Just him. Yeah. I, yeah, just really him. Yeah, <laughs> there might be a little so, bias, but still, this so it gave me great joy when I saw these photos and how just god awful they were. <laughs> so, um, did you see that Instagram shutdown yesterday? Oh, I loved every second of it. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter was the place to be yesterday. Yeah, I just, I just can't believe how people just react to that kind of stuff. They just. <laughs> It's like the apocalypse is beginning. I mean, everyone's freaking out. You know, I, I remember this happening when uh, I think Instagram glitched a couple of weeks. When was that? I think it was uh, like a couple of weeks ago or even a month. I don't know. Time flies. But people were freaking out. Oh, no. So, I, I mean, however long ago it was, uh, Instagram crashed and temporarily and was taking away chunks of people's followers and hiding them from them. And oh then, yeah. I that. <laughs> and then everyone in the Instagram comments on Instagram's official page, they were commenting like, I worked so hard for my, you know, hundred followers <laughs> and you took them away from me. <laughs> my livelihood. Oh man. I, I think it's just crazy how, especially as a society and we've, we've evolved to be so attached to followers and numbers and likes and all this internet validation. I mean, I'm trying to think of the one I said yesterday. I don't remember what it was about that guy complaining that he was, uh, basically his business was, he was screwed. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause he couldn't collaborate. He was supposed oh, yeah, to, he had yeah, a collaboration yeah. do like, yeah. I mean, dude, if you, if you, if you can't collaborate via Instagram, can you call yourself, you know, if you're basing your business based on collaborations entirely, are you even a business? No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me how, you know, especially in the photography community, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, the photography community has latched onto this app, Instagram, and Instagram is not made for photographers. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's a plague. I mean, it sold a lot of cameras, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, when you, I feel like I've gotten so much more out of, I mean, yes, I can find inspiration there on Instagram. Yes, it's been great for networking with photographers, but it also has this, you know, kind of interesting aspect to it well not to (laughs) mention uh you mike and myself we we only know each other because of instagram yeah that's true i mean it it, you know instagram has its ups and downs i'm not here to completely trash it i definitely think that there's some beneficial things when you use it you know in the right way but when you get so latched on to followers and likes and things you know and i admit myself you know for a time 
Um, I was, I was in that trap. I feel like, you know, everyone to an extent goes through that trap because you want everyone to, you know, you want all this exposure and you want people to see it, but. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) I mean, what are your experiences and thoughts on Instagram? (laughs) Um, I'm only still on there for the messaging portion because that's how I get hold of everyone now or a lot of photography people. Yeah. Nothing worse. I, I, I know this sounds weird, but I love using Instagram Messenger because, um, you know, as an iPhone user, I don't have to see those dreaded green texts when I text people that oh, don't have are, iPhones. Those are pretty annoying. <laughs> like, well, delete you from my uh, contact list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, I recently went to Hawaii and, you know, I was able to connect with photographers, models, lots of people out there um, just through random dms and from that aspect i think it's been great but yeah i'm i'm ready for it to die i mean like yeah. i said beyond like actually uh people i'm actually friends with like uh i don't know it it really does seem like a plague at this point and now that it i think on my uh feed every fourth post is probably a, an advertisement which i get you have to make money like they're storing a lot of data, but it's, yeah, you don't you don't want like, white teeth, Mark. You don't want you don't want your booty bag. No, I don't want any booty bags. If like the posts were actually, if the advertisements were actually something I I was interested in, I could I could probably get by. But now it's just like every fourth post is something stupid. Yeah, that's what that's what I don't really understand is because you know it it's such a random mix of people you know you have people with so many different interests people on there for sneakers people on there for photography people on there for food you know it's really hard to figure out where to target ads to where um, i feel like no one sees you know like me I, I rarely see like photography related ads and stuff it's you know yeah. it's random stuff yeah i think uh I think a lot of people are paying a lot of money to Instagram for ads that don't really do anything for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, I, I guess you got to cast a wide net, but some of the ads yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Facebook and Instagram have kind of started this new age and we're just turning the page on, you know, the new age of marketing. I mean, I think it's all shifting and. You know, even within photography, I think, you know, there was a traditional photographer and now a lot of photographers especially are having to reevaluate their business plan to accommodate this new modern age of marketing. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like... Like, with, are you talking about, like, self-promotion? Yeah, so well, you know, the, the days of the giant watermark on your photo, you know, selling individual photo prints and things like that. Oh, I if I like see a watermark, so, yeah. if I see a watermark on Instagram, that's a fast unfollow. I, <laughs> no. I don't want to see that. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like, you know, even just a couple of years ago before Instagram started, that was pretty standard. Like, people, that's how people decided to you know and now we're getting into this whole strange world of exposure the you know the the new currency that's complete crap (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i don't i don't know i'm sorry i i don't see how uh unless you have a million followers i don't even really understand that like the whole influencer thing yeah i mean i i just don't understand how i mean i guess it's obviously working these companies are paying huge money for just like a single post for yeah i mean and i've heard of people making you know six figure plus salaries off of instagram posts just posting because they know you know i mean when you look at like kylie jenner's and people of the world where anything they touch sells that's true you know i mean i people will shell out. And I think that's even, you know, pretty true within the photography community. You know, if one, a camera brand or someone says like, Hey, post about this lens that just came out. I think, you know, people are more likely to jump on it because they trust and have followed that, you know, account for so long. Yeah, that's but, true. 
but yeah, I mean, you know, like when you think about it, that before Facebook and Instagram, that kind of stuff didn't happen. You know, like how do we used to do business? No, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Were advertisements ever on MySpace? I don't think so. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I was I was born post MySpace age, I feel like when, no, when I was growing up. MySpace, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was around, but I was I was on the tail end of when it was slowly dying off, oh. I would say, is when I got into it. I feel like it was like, you know, five. I want to say like 2004, 2005. Was it prime yeah. maybe? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I just lived in a bubble because I never had it. Oh, well, you're out in Arkansas. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> just throwing shade against, you know, fellow Arkansans. If anyone's out there from Arkansas, you know, don't listen to his crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arkansas. I've never been. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But anyways, you know, so I mean I've been I've been trying to really lately, you know, I like I said, I, I admit like I used to be caught up in the followers and the likes and all of that stuff and I've recently just kinda took a break from it all and reevaluated everything and decided how, you know, I want to take photography a little bit more seriously and I've kind of slowly realized how you know you kind of have to change your approach from instead of instagram is your business instagram is just a tool for your business right i think that that like that subtle shift in mentality is huge because you know your business has to exist off of instagram and that's where i've really like once I took a break from Instagram, I saw that as the weakness in this, you know, because I didn't have the strongest online, you know, website portfolio or anything like that. Like right now I currently don't either because I'm just still trying to figure out what niche I want to get into, how I can really brand and market that. But you know, when I was on Instagram 24 seven, I didn't yeah. realize that. <laughs> I mean, what do you, uh, do you still, you know, say you're shooting for fun or or what's your yeah what's I mean, your outlook you're trying to get into business i i know that for you guys that don't know like you know mark and i met we i haven't been shooting for that long and i definitely knew but i've switched over to trying to take it a little bit more seriously lately i don't know about what your thoughts are on that mark i'm kind of indifferent at the moment oh yeah well I'm not inspired by the Washington D.C. area at the moment, or by wintertime. Once spring gets here, I'll be motivated to go back out again in some warm weather. Get your cherry blossom photos here on the tidal basin. I got to get those cherry blossom photos. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, winter. I mean, you know how the weather is around here. Yeah, like, there's I mean, a lot of there's a lot of stuff I I could have been doing. But just the type of photography I enjoy, I like being outdoors. So yeah, I think a lot of yeah, a lot of you guys can probably relate to this. But um, you know, if you're not a studio photographer, you're not a I don't know. Right, you, I've you never once this, shot yeah. in the studio. Yeah, I think I think if if you're happy with shooting studio and outside, then living in a colder place isn't as hard. But you know, I feel like. I generally in the winters just slow down creatively because I look out the window, it's just gray or cold or rainy or whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably all excuses, but, and I could be doing something, but I don't know. It's just, it's been tough. But. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely uh, ready for winter to be over with. So I've been uh, watching a lot of YouTube tutorials lately, just trying to, you know, learn a little bit more about business and some, you know, up my skills a little bit, but have you noticed these masterclass ads with Annie Leibovitz? And uh, I mean, or if I'm doing, you know, looking up a video editing trick or something, I get a different masterclass like, class, um, ad. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen about a billion of them actually, but what I'm like getting curious, like how much are they paying these people? Cause they have like Jodie Foster oh, now, Samuel Jackson, uh, Ron Howard, like, I've never, I don't even know how long they are. They can't be that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I feel like a different topic is popping up, or someone else is popping up on my screen every day. It's like the celebrity, you know, Ty Lopez. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that um, ad running around on YouTube? Is that the guy with the Lamborghinis? Yeah, he's like in his garage. I've got and two Lamborghinis. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, look, I got two Lamborghinis, and you need to buy my stuff because I'll show you how to get these Lamborghinis. Yeah, but like now, <laughs> and, it, and it worked. <laughs> yeah like now i've seen a lot more of those though like other people doing that they're like the same type of these two minute commercials like that yeah i mean i feel like he a must lot of be it was... bringing in some money no I've, there's like yeah. way more now yeah i mean you know the the gurus have been around for a while but i just think that was like very i don't know i think he was like one of the first uh, that i remember like pumping so much money into ads like this master class is where it's just you know, normally when I, you know, see ads on YouTube, it's kind of turning over, but man, these masterclass ads have been pumping out lately. Yeah. I mean, I, right now, like I probably see the Jodie Foster one five or six times a day. What does she teach? Acting? Or, I mean. Yeah. No, she's cooking. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about acting, but how much, I mean, are they YouTube videos or what? I think it's like you go you on, the, go site on the site and you buy – I think it's like produced tutorials because I think the one about Ron Howard that I keep seeing, I think that's the one I see the most. It's either that or a little bit of Annie Leibovitz. Um, but, you know, I think the one he, I see of him constantly is, you know, he's like walking through a set somewhere in Hollywood or something and he's talking about how he's planning, you know, his three cameras for his movie. yeah. Or something, oh yeah, I've seen but, that one quite a bit. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't what know how. Get. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you're gonna, how much acting you can pick up. Not that I know anything about acting, just from watching a, uh, a video online. Yeah, it seems I like mean, something tells me it's not that simple. I mean, I feel like acting classes have been a thing. You know, they can generally. Yeah, talk I guess some, so some techniques and stuff but i feel like you know right after they talk about that there's like a practice and evaluation session that makes it a little bit more valuable but i don't know i think you know definitely i've seen a lot of yeah i mean i guess someone can explain photography techniques obviously that's that's something we both agree with is something useful definitely And, and i think you know and if you guys don't know like that's one of the things we've been doing with our youtube we're trying to you know, consolidate all of these, you know, inconsistencies of tutorials out there and kind of bring a lot into one small place um, for you guys. But yeah, I mean, you know, subtle plug because I work pretty hard on those if you guys want to go check it out. <laughs> that was a good, a good time to say, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please and watch our videos. Podcast, if, you're, if you're still listening this far. Oh, in. everyone's gone. <laughs> nobody's left <laughs> they're all gone if we have that one person still listening you know <laughs> yeah but, i mean mike he's uh, already thrown his computer out the window by now yeah. so if you so do you shoot a lot of video mark like what's your experience with video i mean i've like, shot video is not li- li- yeah i was gonna say i've shot video i shot some behind the scenes with you one day. Yeah. Don't know. And I've been shooting super eight, but oh, that's yeah. about How's it. That going? It's expensive. <laughs> I haven't gotten any of it back yet. So we'll see. Because you've been, you've been shooting. I've seen a lot of film work from you sometime. Like coming through. I mean, how you, you're a big film shooter, right? Just you're talking like about me. 35 I, millimeter I would, film. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't post any of that online. I, I guess some of the Iceland stuff I took. The uh, yeah, I mean, and I think this is a, I think we've we brought this up because I, Mark and I have a difference of opinion about Super Eight video and film. I mean, my thing is like, I love film photography, but when it comes to Super Eight video and film video, like you know, dealing with actual cutting processes to stitch clips together. I like mean, being an actual I know that filmmaker. You can, yeah. 
I mean, now it's a little bit easier because they can digitize the film and then you can just edit in, you know, Premiere, Final Cut or whatever. But um, I, I just think the line for me, I would much rather just have the convenience because I shoot Sony. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 I would much rather fake it in post than actually do it no. because it's it's so... You got to mess with the colors and stuff. No, just shoot it on film and it's it's right the first time. Or you... Hopefully it's right the first time. But it's just, yeah, I mean, that's the reliability. Like with video, if you're going to spend that much time, that much money, because, you know, Super 8 is way more expensive than 35 millimeter photography. You know, just getting a roll of film developed is not as bad as, I don't know. how. Like how much is getting a roll of Super 8? And uh, probably... Uh, Developed and processed, probably like 50, somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars. I would guess for yeah, three so minutes of film. <laughs> yeah. I would be broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why I've only shot about two minutes so far. Yeah, I mean, but like ultimately, you know, when you're shooting, because I mean, I've been picking up video mainly lately. I, you know, when I'm choosing between photo or video, I'm always grabbing, you know, going for video and. I, I really love the aesthetic of film, the color. I've been using some, you know, there's some programs in uh, Final Cut and Premiere where they've kind of developed some film emulations over time that I think look pretty good. Um, but still still a work in progress on figuring a system how to get that film look. I know it's so hard. Um, Just shoot from film. Digital, yeah. That's all you got to do. Uh, yeah, give me a... Give me a Hollywood set, you know, Hollywood studio, whole lab, then I'll do it. Now, no admittedly, like, you just can't go out and shoot 16. I mean, I guess 16 millimeter is probably the smallest you could shoot with sound. That's not really feasible. So I, I get that. Yeah. I mean, and sound is a huge thing to me, too. I mean, and yeah. I think, you know, sound is huge in video. And that's another thing that's kind of weird about Super 8 is you know, it doesn't have sound. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just, that's why I love my Sony. You know, it's easy. It's consistent. I know what I'm going to get and then I can make it look like what I want. I mean, I'm not having to worry about exposure or, you know, messing up the film in transit, losing the footage. I mean, I, I know a lot of wedding photographers that shoot on film and like almost entirely. And I, I don't know how they do it because I just get a little jittery. I mean, to me, if I ever, because I've shot a couple weddings, but um, if I ever did film photography at a wedding, I would, I'd probably still do hybrid. So I had the backup of the digital, but it's just so nerve wracking. Yeah. Like it's one thing for me to shoot. I'm mainly shooting for my own enjoyment. If it were a paid thing, I'm not going to be shooting in super eight or something like that video for sure. And I'd be pretty skeptical about shooting the whole thing on 35 millimeter film. Yeah. And this is, like, I it's mean, pretty, I mean, like, black and white is pretty reliable, but you yeah, just never, you never know. Good. Yeah. That is true. Like, I mean, and that's something I've kind of been thinking. I mean, changing subjects a little, but when I, um, like I said before, I, you know, I've been trying to get more into video and, you know, the reliability, you know, if you're shooting for a client versus shooting for fun, I think that's a huge thing where, you know, you kind of, ha- you have to have a completely different approach to how you're doing it. You know, when I'm shooting for fun, I don't make backups of my SD card or any of that, you know, I mean, wh- what do you do with your, your raw files when you're shooting for fun? Like, didn't you say you would delete them yeah, or something? Yeah, delete them now. Unless, <laughs> unless they're like vacation photos, like yeah. pretty much everything else. I just, delete like i'll keep them around for a little bit in case someone accuses me of plagiarism that's <laughs> just in case yeah that's like just the just, only just for your ammo yeah so if i haven't uh posted them somewhere they're gone get rid of them oh, <laughs> i mean i definitely need to i i have a bad habit of i'll do i'll go out and shoot and then i'll maybe edit three of them and then i'll just leave all those on a drive somewhere 
and it's just yeah i need to fix that because i'm i'm currently staring at my pile of drives right now i have like six drives sitting here two terabyte drives and and what are you actually going to go back into this i mean i i will say i actually have oh really and yeah i mean sometimes i've gone back and just re-edited some you know i i recently i mean i think i i was trying to do something where i was assembling like a collection of New York photos over all my New York trips. And I went back and into all my old hard drives and my, you know, most recent one and just tried to compile what I could. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's good to keep some level of photos, but you know, I think when you're going through your initial culling process, you need to like get rid of the blurry ones, the ones you know, you'll never use, you know, I think maybe keeping the shots that are okay is fine, but yeah. yeah teach their own teach their own it, it's mostly i take so many bad photos i get sick of sorting them so i'm just like i just get rid of them all yeah, like i mean i i disagree with that mark is a great photographer you guys this is, uh-huh. this, is this is typical this is typical mark <laughs> i think that's typical of most photographers down. to hate their to just dislike their photos yeah i mean i think we all go through that you know like, I, I definitely oh, this is garbage yeah <laughs> When I look at my feed, I'm like, oh, I could do better. There's so much better out there. I think that all the time. You're right. It's like there's, there's so many times. Everyone goes through that. There's so many times I've been like, oh, this is a great photo. And when I post on Instagram, I'm just thinking, this is the one. This is the one they're going to remember me for. <laughs> like an hour later, like, oh, it's really not very good. Yeah, I mean, Get rid that's, of it. that's what's crazy is like Ar- we've. Archive. We've. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. We've we've kind of confused these two ideas of like how good photos are is determined by how many likes they get, which is crazy because Instagram is controlled by an algorithm, which I know everyone you know likes to complain about and knows that it's not reliable whatsoever. So the fact that we're like, ah, oh, you know, this one only got X amount of likes. You know, I normally get ten times this, and then. It's garbage, but you know, it could just be a bad time to post got buried in the algorithm or something. I mean, they do say Instagram's the best way to determine your (laughs) self-worth. It's the supposedly the most accurate way. Oh man. That's, I don't know why I find that so funny because I just, just think of all the people out there that believe that. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I probably like subconsciously did at one point. I was like, Oh, if no one likes this photo, that means I'm garbage. I think, I think as a photographer, there's definitely like a process you go through when you join Instagram and then you take it serious and then you get a lot of, meet a lot of photographers and then you kind of, I don't know, it just kind of fizzles out, especially, I don't know. I think some people may have not experienced that, but I've definitely. No, I think there definitely is like the smart people are the ones that just use it for what it is. Take a picture of their salad or their family, upload it and be done with it, not care. Once you like introduce the photography part of it, that's when it turns into just a pain, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean we we as photographers have kind of like hijacked this app and kind of like carved out our own little corner and now we're just duking it out in the corner, I feel like <laughs> trying to get the best you know yeah dumbo brooklyn bridge shot oh yeah i mean instagram the instagram spots uh, and and that's what's crazy is i i mean i think have you seen that uh insta repeat page <laughs> you know i have mixed feelings on that oh yeah yeah what 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 are those feelings i don't know people just annoy me in general sometimes like if someone wants to go take a picture that horseshoe bend, just go. Who cares if a billion people take the same photo? Like there's not a spot on this planet that someone hasn't photographed already. Like, <sighs> I mean, but here's my problem. With like it. the lack it's of creativity. Like, I feel like, well, not really that. It's just the fact that we kind of go and abuse these spots. Like, Oh, well, it's just yeah. like when the fact of like, you know, Instagram has created these Instagram spots. So when you show up to one of them, it's just crowded with yeah. people trying to all get the same shot. And you're like, 
elbowing people. You know, I feel like if it was a shot where you were just going to take it and some other people had taken it before, that's a different story. But when it's like this literal like competition in the flesh to get your tripod in the right spot at sunset, you know, I think it's just a little bit ridiculous. I mean, and not only to like, I don't know, not to get. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't like that before Instagram. Yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing it probably wasn't. Yeah. I recently saw this. um, I can't remember. I think it was about Hallstatt. I I can't, where is that? It's like in Austria. I've never been. I've never been. Are you talking about that little town on the water there? Yeah. Yeah. It's called Hallstatt. I think. I don't know the name of it. I think gonna, I know I'm what gonna, you're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because I don't want to sound stupid. <laughs> There's a post where a woman or someone went there and like showed the rest of it aside from the photo spot or something like that. Okay. So it's in, I was, I was close. It's in Germany. Yeah. And it's Hallstatt and it's, it's just a little town on a lake. And I was reading, I think this, well, I was watching this documentary and it was just talking about how, people are just getting bussed in by the droves just to go to this one spot that has been made popular by Instagram. And I think it's ridiculous that kind of culture that has come from this where I think ultimately it's different to me where like, you know, people would have gone there and got the same shot, but I mean, there's always, there's been sightseeing tours forever. It's probably, there probably weren't so many people with tripods before. I'll give you that. Because I think when you first told me, or I think you sent me that link, and I was like, yeah, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. People have been doing that forever. But I think I was probably wrong that time. I'm, I'm, I will concede that I was probably, I went a little overboard. Wait. I mean, can we just buy that every argument we can? No, no, Just that's kidding. never happening. <laughs> never. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy because – I think the big one of the biggest things, the biggest problems, especially that you know these Instagram things spots have created, is um, you know the environmental aspect on like national parks and stuff. People are coming littering, and you know, like I think um, I saw there was some place in Oregon where I, I can't remember. It was this rock that looked like a duck or something. Someone probably knows the name of it, um, but there was this video, you know, it was a popular spot and people were just, someone pushed the rock over and it was like been standing for hundreds or thousands of years. Or hey, something. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's just like the, the destruction that we've created. But I mean, to some extent it's kind of, you know, can't avoid that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think the flip side would be it encourage maybe it encourages more people to get outdoors and go, go visit places they never would have before. Yeah. I think, you know, there's like, there's pros and cons to it. I think that, I think it's definitely, there's definitely places in in this area. I never, I never would have gone and checked out if I hadn't seen like people's photos on Instagram, for example. Yeah. Like where? Honestly, I don't, I don't think I'd ever been to great falls before. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me it was um, I saw a lot of pictures of Harper's Ferry out in West Virginia. Yeah, that's which one. Is only about like what is, what is it like hour hour and a half something like DC. that. Yeah, but or, well, I just even, kept seeing a bunch of pictures there, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go check it out. Even out to Shenandoah, a Skyline Drive, that area, I'd I'd been there maybe once, probably once in my life prior to Instagram, probably 150 times post Instagram. I mean, I don't know about – so Mark said I'm from Arkansas, but I actually have lived in many places. I lived in Utah, Colorado, Michigan. But, you know, I was last in – before Arkansas, I was last in Colorado. And so now when I go out to Shenandoah here on the East Coast, those old mountains that are basically hills to me compared to the Rocky Mountains, it's just kind of not as inspiring. <laughs> well, yeah, that may be. I don't know how much faith you want to put in what – someone that chose to live in Arkansas says like, it's one thing I'd have more respect if you were born there, but you chose to live there. I went to school there. Okay. Ah, well, whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a nice place. So I'm, I'm scrolling through uh, 
some of the photo sites here, just looking for some other current events going on. What about this? Um, I'm seeing a cell phone company, Huawei, has been using stock photos um, as like shot on our cell phone, but it was actually proven to be a Getty Images stock photo taken with like a professional camera. It's, I mean, I think this has happened a couple times, right? I definitely remember there was a cell phone company. Uh, I don't know. This is probably between five and ten years ago. They were advertising their video and whatever commercial that was on TV, you could see the reflection of a red camera in a car window. I mean, red red started making cell phones now. I don't know if you knew that, which is weird. Well, but. this is not what it was. <laughs> that may that may be. Yeah. But yeah, that it's it's just crazy because I think this has happened multiple times to I think there was an instance recently or a lot of times where Samsung had uh I think it was like Samsung ambassadors and they had posted a picture like shout on Samsung, but then in the tweet it says, you know, like posted with iPhone <laughs> or taken with iPhone or something. It's just been a, a crazy thing, I think, where you know it's just this all cover up in this race to replace, you know, DSLRs and mirrorless and, you know, like you want that camera in your pocket at all times. Look, it's the same quality. I think it's just this thing that's evolved over time. Now, do you think all these iPhone, I don't know, I guess they're iPhone advertisements they have on the sides of buildings in DC. They say shot on iPhone. Do you think those are legit? I've seen some people take some pretty decent iPhone photos. I guess that's true. If you have millions of people taking photos, there's bound to be some really good ones. Yeah. Well, and I've I've recently developed, I don't know if you guys know about this either. Um, So you can you can kind of hack your iPhone because, you know, as photographers, we're always taught shoot raw, shoot raw, shoot raw. So, you know, when you're taking iPhone pictures, it's JPEG. So it's applying, you know, Apple's contrast, saturation, sharpness, all that on there in the JPEG file. And I think there's a way where you can go in with an app. I think, I don't know the app specifically. I think I have it on my phone. Um, but you can shoot raw and I think that that really helps to get that because it takes you know when you try to edit it I think Lightroom Mobile can edit raw photos now so you can really add a lot to it and I think that that's kind of how they're doing it there's it's definitely professional retouchers and editors making those so (laughs) do you use Lightroom Mobile for anything or does that even still exist no it's it's becoming more and more popular. I think like now the wave is people are trying to figure out ways to ditch their laptops and their desktops and edit on things like iPads and tablets and uh, really be more mobile because I think that Lightroom mobile is definitely taking off even within the professional world. Um, I've seen a lot of people posting about them using um, Lightroom mobile, but uh, I want to sidebar. I want to talk about the shot on iPhone advertisements around DC because I think this is a crazy misconception because um, I shoot on a Sony a7R2 because um, when I first got that, I, I started out, I had a Canon 80D. I had that crop sensor. I went through that phase of where I was like, oh, I need full frame. I need full frame. And then I was like, you know what? I just need all of those megapixels. <laughs> and my camera, I think, is like, 40 something megapixels and now in retrospect that i've got all these megapixels and i'm sitting here trying to edit my files and it's just crashing my computer and it's just overkill especially for when you know i've mainly been posting my content on instagram online um i haven't been printing it a lot but um the biggest thing that i hear is people are like okay i need all those megapixels to print it on a billboard and people don't realize that it doesn't take that many megapixels to um, print a billboard. I think most billboard like printers can only print. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say a specific number, but I think it's definitely in the sub ten megapixel range. When you know, it's all about viewing distance. Yeah. So when you view it from afar, it looks fine. I mean, the pixels on the billboard, if you want to call them pixels, are probably like what an inch apart. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's more like, I think I've seen one up close, and it's more just like random RGB blobs yeah. that make colors. It's it, it's kind of crazy if you see it up close. It's not what you think. It's not this super detailed image. So my my sidebar point was, for those of you out there that think you need all those megapixels, 40 million megapixels, don't don't fall for it. I definitely am going back. I'm trying to downgrade. I tried to warn I'm you. To, <laughs> I, I'm trying to go for you know something like the A7 III. I think you know that's a perfect balance for me as a photo video shooter because um, I think it has like 24 megapixels, so it's a decent size resolution file. You've got the video capabilities, but it's not like overkill crashing my computer like the A7R series. Yeah, I mean, how many more megapixels do photographers need for anything right now? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, and yeah, I've I've asked myself this a lot. You know, like how much resolution is enough resolution? How sharp is you know with lenses? How sharp is sharp sharp enough? I think that's a a strange phenomenon too it's like we're obsessed with sharpness and resolution yeah i mean is but, is 80 megapixels is that necessary I think, uh, I think fuji is coming out with the i think it's a fuji gfx let me let me look it up but it's a 100 megapixel camera it's a medium format 100 megapixel camera which to me is whew, i guess if you're you know I just don't Annie Leibovitz, then you can get away with that and justify that. But that's a lot of data. But I mean, the end result, how much different is that going to be from just a, a full format camera? Full well, frame yeah, camera, I mean, was, sorry. Yeah, I mean, and I think this is the, so I, where I learned a lot about medium, the difference between full frame and medium format was I started shooting film medium format because I wanted to get into medium format because of one reason and that is that it's easier to get that creamy fall off in the bokeh with you don't have to have that 1.2 lens and deal with all those focus problems but you know like i have a mamiya rb67 uh i have a youtube video about it and it's a medium format film camera and i have a 35 equivalent it's a on medium format, the focal ranges are a little weird, but it on a full frame, it would be like a 35 millimeter, but it's only an four, F 4.5. But when you see the bokeh and the fall off of that, it's pretty equivalent to, I would say, something in the 2.8 to 1.8 range. It's crazy. So I think medium format just gives you, you know, a little bit, it's an easier way to get that nice fall off without having to get those ridiculously shallow focal. Um, but how well does that translate to, I understand medium format film. Do you need medium format digital though? Yeah. I mean, well, I think that, you know, the you're same, not going to get the same thing the same out concept. of it though, are you? Well, I think you, yeah, you oh, will. Are you? I mean, you get, because it's all about the, it's like the sensor size in relation to the film. But I think, I think what the point you were trying to make was like, you know, what, how many megapixels are we really going to notice a difference in? Like yeah. the in, in the end result that you end up posting somewhere, like what is, what are you using your content for? I don't think we're at a point where we would notice a difference because, you know, like most we're all obsessed with 4k video and stuff like that, but it's like, we don't even have many TVs and, you know, I think 4k videos and TVs, are just now coming up to the, you know, standard where we can actually watch 4k. Yeah. You know, there's enough 4k content and enough 4k TVs that people are starting to watch it, but it's, it's just, everyone's obsessed with it. And I don't, you know, most stuff is fine in 1080 HD. And I think the same holds true with photos where, you know, I, I don't end result If we posted an Instagram post of, you know, a 24 megapixel sensor and a 40, you know, 100 megapixel sensor, hypothetically, I don't think you would notice a difference. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't, I don't think so either. That's why I always sort of questionable about that. Like, yeah, I do think the the size of the sensor does have a little bit for of sure. factor. 
in it because I think, but the only factor that I would say that's super noticeable about getting a larger sensor is two things, the low light performance and um, the bokeh. You know, there's definitely a shallower depth of field when you get those larger formats. Right. But, there's definitely, I mean, it's a huge difference if you're shooting like astrophotography. Yeah. Because you do a lot of that out at Shenandoah, right? Uh, I try. Shenandoah. There's the East Coast is so terrible. I, I mean, I, I try. The light it, pollution. Yeah, you just, yeah. Even, even the darkest spots on the East Coast. I haven't tried the one up in Pennsylvania yet. Yeah. Out of West Virginia, it's still it's still too much to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I mean, I I've tried shooting out of Shenandoah a couple of times with no QA, but yeah, like you said, I've I've definitely not been able to get that those nice because I've seen these pictures where it's just crazy where they get those super rich purples and yellows and. I mean, I know a lot of it's Photoshop with the horizon and they're, you know, doing a composition to blend in the sunset to yeah. night transition. But, I'm, you know, just in the colors in the Milky Way and the detail you get in the Milky Way itself. What you do, you just go out to the desert somewhere out west, get a one Milky Way shot and just Photoshop them into wherever you want a Milky Way photo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Photoshop in the Milky Way over the Washington Monument. I mean, I don't know if I ever showed you, but like I, I used to do that when I first. So when I first took my first Milky Way picture and learned Photoshop, I think I photoshopped it over like the Capitol, <laughs> the Washington Monument, the White House, which is unrealistic. Yeah, slightly. No, I feel like. A lot of people, when they first learn how to do that in Photoshop, it, it never ends well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to get like, a good, oh, like, this is a bad blend. Idea. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've never been good at that digital art. You know, I mean, I think that's a topic for another day. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole, whole other a whole thing. podcast in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we good? You want to? You want to wrap this up here? Yeah. That was today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to check us out at focalcollective.com. We plan to post new episodes every week, so we hope to see you then.